him here. You were created in the image and the likeness of God. You've stretched your hands out to the Lord and you said, God, do that new thing. Do that new thing in me. You have allowed the Holy Spirit to come and to absolutely erase the things that you're used to and now you're looking for greater things of who he is. Because I want to tell you, we could live for eternity on this earth and we still would know everything that God is because he's so huge. His love is so pure. And as a father, Father God, his love as a father is real. Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning and said that today during the message, I am going to reveal, open up, and heal Father Hurt. Father Hurt. Breakthrough happens in our families when we understand the foundations of spiritual maturity. And as we're talking about family, we are moving into a time frame where we are talking about spiritual maturity so that our families can walk with the foundations of God and see our destinies take place. These foundations are not uh, found or been given through religion, through experience, or even the talents that God has given us. So we have to understand, as I'm teaching week by week on this, to fully break through, we need to move forward from six solid foundations. We read in Hebrews chapter 6, let's read it again. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance, from dead works and of faith towards God. Those two we will explain near the end today. Of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. We explain this. This is an age-old question that I receive in 42 years of ministry why would it say if God permits? Again, why would God say that? Because he wants you and me to reach to the greatest heights of maturity and to reach our destiny. But he knows if the foundation is not set, that there is not a, a place where he can take you from and into these greater levels in the kingdom of God. So we spoke of building a foundation for a superstructure or the house that you live in, the apartment that you lived in. There's a foundation that was planned and set for your building to be built upon. And God will check the foundation in our lives if it's solid for the blueprint he has for your life. I can't wait to take you to a scripture that shows you that that blueprint was planned while you were in your mother's womb. And that's why I am so against abortion in the manner that the world looks at abortion. 
So God will check the foundation if it's solid for the blueprint he has for your life. If it's not solid, remember, just like in the world, and the world learned it from him, just like in the world, he will red tag it and say, fix your foundation. There's something there in your foundation that's flawed, and if I took you to the greater heights, it would collapse on that foundation because your foundation will not handle the tribulation and the things that happen in your life. And so what you find people constantly are going back to the elementary things because every time they try to step out and desire to step out in greater things with the Lord, their foundation has not been set. They haven't allowed these six foundations to be solid in their lives, and they haven't focused on them so that when the foundation comes or the the tribulation comes, the foundation does not collapse. So, but if it's solid, God green tags it, just like they do in foundations in the world, and says, move forward into the plans that you have for your home, for your, the building for your business, the superstructure. So again, we're finding that there are six essential foundations in your life. But before we go there, let me take you back again to remind you there are three reasons for the foundation. The first one is safety. And you have safety because you know the word and you are using the word in your life. The second is unexpected stress. You build a foundation not for the good times, but for the bad times. Because the enemy will come in in the bad times and accuse you and accuse others of things that are not true. The superstructure. The third is for the superstructure. So what is a superstructure? Is patiently going through the process of discipleship. That's why at Valley Community Church, we have OSL, Bible studies, ladies. Isn't it exciting? You're beginning your Bible study. Men, hold on. We're on our way to the same thing. We, we find uh, personal situations that we face and submitting to leadership or handling God's money, handling what you get when you work and you're paid. What do you do with that? So all these foundational things of the superstructure that keeps your foundation strong are in that. Now, there are times that things will happen. Tribulation, you'll have people problems. And when you have people problems, when you have tribulation, is your foundation set? Because the foundation is set for the problems, not for the good times. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun serving the Lord when everything's good. It's fun just, you know, volunteering or, or doing things at your school where your children go and all this stuff when things are great in your life. When, when things get tough, it's hard to volunteer. It's hard to go in there because our foundation is not set and when the problems come, we fall apart and the superstructure, our life begins to fall. So we found the first foundation 
we'll talk about and give you the identity of that uh, later on, is repentance from dead works. The second is faith towards God. So the question always is, how do you lay the spiritual foundation in you and in your family, in the family of God, in your family, your your spouse, your children, your parents, whatever it may be? How do you lay that foundation for when things don't work like you want it to work, that you don't fall apart and you move forward in the foundation of God and you walk in wisdom towards one another? So we found last week truth number one. We are not free agents We are owned by God and are totally accountable to him in every area of your life. Get online, go on our webpage, and listen again to the message that we gave you last week. It is transformational. It will bring you into a place of understanding why the same thing keeps happening in our lives. Well, let's go to truth number two and begin to to describe this to you. We touched on it. Matter of fact, last week we finished with this truth. We are totally incapable of running our own lives. It, It is why we turn to Christ in the first place. It's why we needed Christ, why I needed Christ. I was gifted by God From the beginning and the foundation of this world, Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that. But in that foundation, I have to secure it, and we need to understand that we needed Christ to secure our foundation. John 10, verse 7, then Jesus said to them, again, notice it says again, over and over he said it. Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Matter of fact, find the blessings of the Lord. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Listen very closely now. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Did you know that the Old Testament and the New Testament, the most common analogy of you and me, of us, is a sheep? And I'm just going to say this to you right away. That's not a compliment. I know the sheep are fluffy, they're cute, they're sweet, they're adorable. And we go to little farms and we look at them and say, oh. But they are pathetically ill-equipped for life on their own. Let's talk about sheep. This is the very reason sheep need a shepherd. 
See, the Bible always talks about us having and needing total dependence on God. So put the analogy together now. See, God wasn't calling us a sheep to cut us down, but he was calling us a sheep because we need to be dependent upon him. Our sin is called our independence of him and of his ways. One of the greatest faults is we don't want to be dependent on anyone. It's me, myself, and I. That's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve, and we described that before. Isaiah 53, verse 6, one of the famous verses says this, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, Jesus, the iniquity of us all, or the inner thoughts, or the inner process, or the inner life, the decisions we make from the heart. So the basic sin of humanity is that we don't want to choose God as our shepherd. Or anything that he has said in Scripture that brings a term of being a shepherd over the flock. So we have strayed, and Jesus came to pay for our sin or that sin of independence. So let's move on now. See, what I'm trying to get you to, this is an amazing thing, a gift of God that he's made you and me like sheep. Because if we have a dependence on God, God is perfect. So if we're going to have a foundation that God can build on, we have to understand <laughs> we don't even know tomorrow. We read that last week, that scripture. That we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. We, we're faith people. We take the word of God. We proclaim the word of God and what God says in covenant. And we walk in that great faith, which we're going to talk about. But the reality is you and I, unless God reveals tomorrow to us, would don't know. Are you following me with that? And it's not saying that, God's not saying that we're dumb. God's not saying that we can't do it. But God says, you can know. You can know all things through, through the Holy Spirit if you depend on him. That's why they, they sang, and that's why they used that song, Holy Spirit. A refreshing, it's a daily thing for your foundation as you grow in the Lord is to allow yourself and you self-correct to bring yourself into a place of godliness. Well, okay, well, let's describe sheep some more, all right? Let's describe, and if, and if you want to get offended with that, then, uh, you know, blame God, don't blame me, but uh, let me just talk about me as a sheep. Did you know that sheep can't navigate? Have you ever heard of a homing sheep? Heard of a homing pigeon? I thank God that God didn't call me a pigeon. You know, sheep can't bear burdens. Never heard of a pack sheep. They can't defend themselves. I've never heard of an attack sheep. Now, I've been around farms enough to know that sometimes sheep get mad, but they don't know what they're mad about. 
So they just bump into everything. They are completely dependent animals. And God is trying to reveal to us in the foundational truth is that we must be completely dependent on God and what he has transcribed or set apart for the church to walk in. God says, that animal is who you are like. God says, you need me. King David said this in Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I promise you, if you make the Lord your shepherd, obedience, dependent on him, and you follow him, you won't want for anything. I promise you that. There have been times in my life I've had nothing but I had everything because I had Jesus Christ as my shepherd. The, amen. The mistake we make is independence, thinking we can run our lives and we can't. Now, I want to tell you, because I've, I've lived with you in church, you are some of the smartest people that I know. The intelligence that you have of life, what you do in life, the giftings that God gave you, you wouldn't have those without God. But the reality is that you've done this and you are very, very, very intelligent. But you become unintelligent when you become dependent on yourself only. Again, the mistake we make is independence. Psalm 23, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I get to do all that. No. Yeah, but no. You don't get to do that when you're independent. You don't get to have that when you're independent of God. See, we have to understand that this whole thing that I get excited about, that you got excited about, it starts with the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It doesn't say I'm good at what I do. It doesn't say I'm the best. It doesn't say that God's gifted me so good that I don't need anybody. I could do it. It says, if God is my shepherd and directs me and leads me in the gift that I have, in the smarts that I have. There are my Englishes again. But you need to realize you are something special when Jesus Christ is your shepherd. And you struggle, and your vision and your direction, everything you do falls apart. Why? Because you've become independent of God's ways. I love you because I know how gifted you are. The Lord is a wonderful shepherd. 
He knows the future, he protects us, and he provides for us. Everything that we need is in God, our shepherd. Well, let me just show you this. For God to be our shepherd, we have to disqualify ourselves from being our own shepherd. Now, I want to read something to you that I saw in a mall quite a few years ago. And you know those stores that have all the signs and plaques and everything that have all these sayings of self-help and everything? Well, I was in a store, and this is what the world wants you to believe. It sounds good, but it ain't good. Unless you do all this knowing Jesus is your shepherd. This is a place of motivating poems and to motivate you to be who you are. Well, who I am is in him, is in Christ. I am a force into myself. Energy is a force I create. I make the most out of every step I take during my time on earth. I believe in myself. Good idea. My deep breaths fuel every cell of my being. My body and mind are in motion as one, guided by inner power. I defy gravity every day. I kick my mental couch to the curb, and nothing weighs me down. I live, I laugh, I love infinitely. I never give up or give in. My passions are unrelenting. Fear does not weaken my will or resolve, and nothing shrinks my determination. I lift others up with me. My strength comes from within. This is my core. It's unbreakable. I can tell you a 63-year-old didn't write this. Are you kidding me? Only God can make this statement. I know in faith who I am in Christ. Only God can make this statement. And we have believed in ourselves in the reality of the world's thinking. And I want to tell you, I want you to believe in yourselves in the reality of God, who he is in your life. He's the creator of you. Everything you are is from God. Everything that you will become is from God. So my energy doesn't come from within. My power comes from God. And if I trust in that, the Holy Spirit that resides in me allows that power to move through me, the power of the Holy Spirit. Our lives come from God, and we are incapable of running our life to reach the destiny that God has set. Because in of ourselves, it is too big. It is too great. Because everything that comes from God is good. And let me just tell you, everything that comes from God is greater than you can ever imagine. You are something special if Jesus Christ is your shepherd. You know what that statement was that I read to you? It's, it is absolutely humanist nonsense. So the conclusion, this is a foundation. I cannot guide my own personal life. I am a sheep and I need a shepherd. 
I am a sheep and I need a shepherd. Truth number three. God created us with a detailed plan and purpose for our lives and only he can guide us there. Only he can guide us there. It is unique. It is detailed. It is you. But what is you came from God. You were created in his image and his likeness. Everything that you will create and do came from God. But if you're not dependent on him, it becomes things that destroy. God has a plan for your life, and he is the only chance you have to get there called your destiny. He has a plan for your life, and he is the only one. He is the only one that can get you there. Well, let's, let's read that verse that I stated earlier. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 18 says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Oh, if I had time, church, and I, I'll, I'll take this time uh, one day, and we'll, we'll cover these words, especially, here it is, I'm repeating myself, the word cover. What that really means you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Speaking of being in your mother's womb. And skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them before I was born. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Did you know when you were made in your mother's womb. He detailed your entire life. Did you know that? Think about that. While you women had your children in your womb, God was detailing and writing out and before your child was ever born, was fashioning the days for your child to live in. How important that time in a mother's womb is. People say, well, how long until the child is real in the mother's womb? Conception. When God began to detail the life of that child. Mankind may not call that fetus a person, but God detailed that life when mankind calls it a fetus. We have to understand 
now getting past your political view. We have to understand, you and I must realize, is if God is our shepherd, and we understand we can't do it without him, we now realize that God planned everything from the beginning. From the beginning. And he's the one that knows. So if we allow him to be our shepherd, he will take us to the destiny that he planned for us. The psalmist also says that he had so many thoughts for you. They were more than the sands of the sea. You're not an afterthought. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. I'm the youngest in my siblings, and there was my sister. A year and a half or so later, there was my brother. And then three years later, oops, there was Gary. I'm not a mistake. You're not a mistake. Dwell on that right now. You are a very, very important person designed by God himself, and God has a destiny for you, and the only way to get there is by listening to his voice and by coming under submission to the mission that God has for you. That is why when I look out at you, I see sheep, but I see God's creation. You're important to the kingdom of God. So listen very intently here. Very closely. God is not in time. He's not held by time. You're held at 1 o'clock, the Rams football game is on. God is not held by time because of sin. Time came because of sin. God is above time. He transcends time. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The plan God has for you is incredible. I'm trying to show you is if you have allowed yourself to become independent of God is to become dependent upon him. He saw you in your mother's womb today. God is actually standing in your future looking back and smiling at you. Your future is all good in God and his ways. You say, Pastor, I've made a lot of mistakes. I don't know if there is hope for me. If you're off the path, just like any GPS, recalculate. I've said this before. God is shouting at you, recalculate! Every time you miss a turn, or make a mistake. It's not too late for any of you. Hmm. 
God doesn't throw people away. Sometimes, maybe we could become a mean person, a jerk, whatever you want to name it. God doesn't throw people away, but he won't allow us to go forward if we don't stay with the foundation. We'll keep facing the same thing. Remember Joseph, 10 tests he faced? Joseph had to retake it, retake it, retake it until he got it, until his foundation was set. The thief on the cross said, today, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Why? He recalculated his life. It's never too late, and God has a plan for your life that was there in your mother's womb. God can get you there, but you have to come to the place no more dead works. How? No more dead works. The foundation, no more dead works. What is a dead work? Anything that God doesn't begin, anything we began without consulting God and his word, that's a dead work. Anything that's not God, God again, last week, remember, God is not gonna kiss your plan, he's gonna kiss his plan in you. What about faith towards God? Here's the second one. Second foundation, and then we'll go to the, the next foundations next week. What about faith towards God? I trust God to be my shepherd in everything. I know many of you have a father hurt, and when things rise up that remind you of the father hurt, you become very defensive. You become like a wild animal wanting to protect because you're injured. If you go to, I lived in Michigan, I lived, was in the woods a lot. Sorry, California, I did go hunting. And the reality is, is the, the, the point of life is this, is people get injured, they get vicious. And so every one of us in life have been injured. And many of you with a father hurt, and I want to tell you, do not get vicious, but go back to that foundation and make sure it's secure that you do not become vicious in your life. Anybody learning anything here? Truth number four. Matter of fact, I had a note earlier. I didn't say, but to all those who are watching online, you got to know that this is an amazing family here. We're not perfect. But we will love you with the love of the Lord. And when you make a mistake, when I, when I make a mistake, we all come together. Truth number four, God is the perfect father, and he loves us more than we love ourselves. He will bless us more than we will bless ourselves if we will trust him. But again, most of us have a father hurt, and we have a hard time from taking uh, direction from a shepherd or even from a pastor. God loves you more if you will trust him to be your shepherd, and it is manifested as Father God. It's a foundation of trust. 
Well, people have broken my trust. Yeah, they have. But what's your foundation in? Is that people going to be perfect in your life? Are people going to do that? Or when tribulation arises from the enemy, that you're going to say, God, what did you do to me? Father hurt. You know, we have to receive from that mean boss you have. You know, sometimes your boss really uh, can be mean. But maybe God gave you that boss so there could be a correction in your own foundation. Maybe someone gave you a pastor or someone gave you a friend that will bring correction in your life and maybe you don't like that, but the bottom line is maybe God put him there so that you could correct or fix the foundation so that God can take you further in your life. Many did not have a good father. You have difficult trusting God that he will take care of you. But we need to trust God like a perfect father. Why? Why should we do that? Because he is a perfect father. I want to tell you, the day I was prayed over and for ordination was the day that I truly realized the revelation of the love of Father God. What a powerful day that was for me of realizing that my dependency is on him. My dependency isn't on anyone else. Now, as a family, we work together, we love together, we we forgive together. We, we gather together. Uh, you know, let me be the first one to tell you, I ain't perfect. But my wife tells me I'm pretty close. <laughs> She's probably going to say, speak for yourself. No, I did. But the reality is, is who you are. God created it, and he is Perfect. Perfect. Wherever you've been, whatever's going on in your life, church family, that father hurt has kept you away from the truths of God's love for you. And why you and I have faltered and in that superstructure of our destiny has fallen over and over and over again. And we've had to rebuild, we've had to redo because Father Hurt has control over us because we become independent, we didn't want to get hurt again. But if you do this, and if you've done this, he will heal your heart. But you have to depend on him and his ways. Because my Bible says, Perfect love will cast out all fear. And what it's saying about perfect love is that you're, you're functioning in perfect. No, no. Perfect love, your shepherd. Perfect love will cast out all fear if you trust in him. Hallelujah.
I absolutely love who you are. You, every one of you, have a destiny. No matter how old you are, how young you are, you have a destiny that was God's blueprint for you. And the day you grab a hold of his blueprint for you by trusting in him is a day you will begin to see the superstructure, your destiny, unfurl in your life in a greater way. Remember, we're going to greater levels with Jesus. Let's all stand. Hallelujah.